0: I love my job. I've told you that before, and I mean it. I love my job. I love serving here as the pastor of Griffith First Christian Church. Uh, I love being a minister. Um, I love the church. I love GFCC. I love you guys. Um, I love being able to serve with you here at GFCC. Um, I love doing what I do. Um, But sometimes in this line of work, in this line of this calling that I've got, Sometimes we really struggle, ministers struggle, pastors struggle, with feelings of inadequacy, feelings of self-doubt, feelings of insecurity. Uh, And and this week, that's where I was. Uh, This was a very rough week for me uh, when it came to feelings of inadequacy, insecurity, and self-doubt. I I felt like uh, gum on the bottom of someone's shoe. It was just a really rough week. And I know, I know, I know that it was the voice of the enemy. The enemy coming alongside, just, you know, the little devil on my shoulder, whispering in my ear, you can't do this. You don't have the strength. You don't have the the, the abilities. You don't have the talent. You should be insecure. You should have self-doubt. You should, because you are inadequate. And it's just this little voice, just, and and I start to tell myself those very same things. You're right, I, I don't have the strength, I, I don't have the, the ability, I don't have the talent, I don't have the ability, I don't have the leadership skills, I don't have, I can't do this. I just feel so inadequate and so insecure and, and have just so filled with self-doubt and self-loathing and, and it's just terrible and, and I hear these voices and, and I say, God, why did you let me do this and and why am I doing this and and why am I here and, and all these things and I say, God, you know, I can't do this and God looks at me and he says, you're right. You can't. In your own strength, in your own talents, which by the way I gave you, in your own abilities, which by the way I gave you, you can't do this on your own. You don't have the strength by yourself. It was never about you to begin with. And and see, when when you're in ministry and, and things are going well, you start to look around going, I must be doing something right. And when things start to struggle where things don't go so well, like a few years ago, we were kind of struggling as a church and you start to look around going, man, what am I doing wrong? And in both instances, in both cases, You're taking credit. I'm taking credit for something that has nothing to do with me. And see, I think that's the problem. In ministry, you start to get a big head. You start to get some pride. Things start to go well. It's like, all right. You start to take things for granted. The things are going to just kind of keep growing and keep building and keep going and everything's going to be great. And you start to take it for granted. You start to think, I'm pretty good at this. I've been doing this for 19 years. I I know what I'm doing now. (laughs) It was never about me to begin with. It's never about us. Not about you, not about me. Not about our talents, not about our abilities, not about our gifts. This whole thing, this whole time has been about Jesus. And we can forget that sometimes. Church leaders, pastors, deacons, elders, ministry leaders, teachers, servants, contributors, volunteers. We can start to forget that this whole thing was never about us. But rather, it's all about Jesus and always has been. And so I think that sometimes when we think, okay, if I just do this and these five steps and these seven steps and don't do these three things, that we can plug this church into a formula and it's going to grow and it's going to take off and people are going to, you know, more and more people are going to come. And and, and honestly, is that the point? To just draw a crowd. I mean, we can put on a show. We can put on a great show. We can have lots of great music and we can have, you know, uh, inspiring messages and, and we can... Uh, decorate the place and, and, and make it look all different and everything we can do all kinds of things like that and we may draw a crowd but is it going to change anyone's life and really that's the point of this whole thing is to see lives changed for the glory of god that lives would be transformed to look more like jesus who gave us his command to love god and love others And we love god by loving others Who gave us the command to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Who gave us his life, who gave up his own life so that our sins could be forgiven when he died on the cross. See, this whole thing is about Jesus. It always has been. And I think sometimes we forget that. And we start to think too independently rather than dependently. You know, I, I see it like this. We're not about drawing crowds to our church. We're about drawing people to Jesus. That's what we're supposed to be all about. Not about drawing crowds to our church, but drawing people to Jesus. And Jesus said that if he be lifted up, that he would draw all men to himself. That he would draw everyone to himself. And so as a church, I think our, our biggest priority is to lift up Jesus not lift up a pastor, not lift up a group of elders, not lift up a group of deacons or a group of ministry leaders, to not lift up a program, to not lift up a a class, to not lift up a a study. We are to be lifting up Jesus. And rather than thinking independently, we need to start thinking dependently. And I call this message Dependence Day, you know, because it's July 3rd. We're going to talk today about a passage of scripture from the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. So if you've got your Bible, turn to Acts 2, 42 through 47. If you didn't bring one, you can grab one out of the chair in front of you. It looks like this. It's on page 772. And we're going to talk this morning about four things that the early church did that I think we need to kind of mimic, that we need to use as our model and our example so if you've got your Bible, turn to Acts two forty-two through forty-seven. If you've got your phone or tablet and you want to turn to use uh, your favorite Bible app, I recommend YouVersion or uh, Bible Gateway. Either one's a good app to use on your phone or tablet. And we're going to talk about Acts chapter two verses forty-two through forty-seven today. Now, the book of Acts was written by Luke, the guy who wrote the Gospel of Luke, and the book of Acts was commissioned. By a man named Theophilus. And Theophilus commissioned not only the, the book of Acts, but he also commissioned the Gospel of Luke. He wanted the story of Jesus and the story of the church to be written. And so he has Luke write down the story of the church. And the book of Acts picks up right at the end of the Gospel of Luke. So at the beginning of Acts, we see Jesus ascend into heaven to the right hand of the Father, where he reigns in power and glory and majesty until he returns. And he is going to return someday. May it be so. So he's going to come back someday, and until then, he reigns and rules at the right hand of the Father in, in heaven. Now, uh, about 50 days after Passover, there's a festival, a feast in Jerusalem uh, called Pentecost. And uh, it was a celebration of um, the harvest. And so uh, the celebration of Pentecost, or uh, the feast of uh, it's, um The celebration of Pentecost takes place in Jerusalem, and the disciples, uh, the apostles are all there together. There's about 120 believers meeting together, and they're praying, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes in power. And in power, this Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit fills the believers and fills their hearts, and they begin to go out and proclaim a message boldly. And so they go out and they begin preaching and Peter preaches a very powerful sermon on the day of Pentecost. And he is, it says that the people were cut to the heart when he talked to them about how Jesus was the son of God and he was the Messiah and how they crucified him and, and had him put to death. And then Jesus was raised from the dead on the third day. And the people were cut to the heart. And Acts 2.38 says, what, Brothers, what shall we do? In Acts 2.38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it says in verse 41, Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. In one day, the church grew from 120 people to 3,120 people. In just one day. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the power of a people who are dependent upon God for everything. And then we get to Acts 2, 42 through 47. And in this passage, Luke details what the early church was like and what it looked like and what they did. Kind of a summary of what the early church was like. So join me by looking at uh, verse 42. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. And they were dependent on God, and they demonstrated it in four ways. Uh, the first thing is they were dependent upon God's word. They were dependent upon the word. And this uh, the apostles were men who had been with Jesus, and they relayed the teachings of Jesus to the early church. They told people about who Jesus was and what he did, and they shared the gospel with people, and they preached and proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were committed and dependent upon the word. Not philosophy, Uh, Not uh, uh, good-sounding philosophies, but rather they were dependent upon the Word of God that came through Jesus. And as these men were filled with the Holy Spirit and reminded of what Jesus had said, they continued to preach and teach the good news of Jesus Christ. They were dependent upon God's Word. They were also dependent upon uh, each other. They were dependent upon each other. You see, it says that they, uh, if anybody had a need, they would take and sell their possessions and they would give to anyone in need. They would help each other out. They got together on a regular basis. They met together and they fellowshiped together and they shared their lives together and they shared their possessions together. They knew one another. They were more than just, hey, how are you doing? Oh, good. It's good to see you. Or how's it going? Everything's great. No, they actually ate together in each other's homes. They broke bread together. That's a euphemism for uh, the Lord's Supper or communion. They would do it all the time. They would get together and they would share these meals with one another. And they would share their lives with one another. They fellowshiped together and they were dependent on each other because they were all they had. So you have this early church who is dependent upon the teaching of the apostles, God's word. They are dependent upon each other. They were also dependent upon prayer. The early church was committed and devoted to prayer and to praying for each other and for the church. We see on a couple of different occasions throughout the book of Acts when the people got together and they were praying. And when they prayed, powerful things happened. Uh, For example, in chapter 1, when they're all together praying uh, on the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit comes, the place was shaken and a wind, a rushing wind came through the room because they were praying. Uh, Later in the book of Acts, Peter was in prison. They were praying for him and a powerful earthquake uh, where Peter was released from prison by an angel and he came back and, and the place where they were praying was shaken. This was a people who were committed and devoted to prayer. They were dependent upon it. Communication with God. And finally, they were dependent upon God. Ultimately, they were dependent upon God. For everything that they needed, for everything that they had, they depended upon the Lord. And we see that it was the Lord who added to their number daily those who were being saved. It wasn't by their efforts. It wasn't by their power. It wasn't by their gifting. It wasn't by their abilities. It wasn't by their talents. Rather, it was by the Spirit of God. And they were dependent, fully dependent upon God for everything that they had and everything that they needed. It was God who was behind it all. It was God who was at the center of it. It was Jesus who was at the center And I believe that as a church, we need Jesus to be at the center of everything that we do. See, it's easy to become uh, committed to a purpose, or to become committed to a pastor, or to be committed to a program, but pastors and programs and, and purposes don't save people. Jesus saves people. It is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ that we can be saved. It is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ that our lives can be transformed. It is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ that our church can be transformed. That our community can be transformed. That our region can be transformed. That our state can be transformed. That our nation can be transformed. That our world can be transformed. It is by God's grace. It's not by our efforts. But it is by the power of God through the Holy Spirit working in the hearts of believers in Jesus Christ that this world can be transformed. It has nothing to do with us and everything to do with Him. It is about Jesus. And I want to be a church that is completely committed and focused on Jesus Christ. I want us to be a church that is dedicated and dependent, dedicated to and dependent upon God for everything that we have and everything that we need. So that we praise him as the early church did. They were praising God as they met together in the temple courts. They were praising God as they met together in each other's homes. And if we're going to be a church like the early church, a church that is powerful, a church that is uh, uh, community impacting, a church that is uh, devoted to uh, seeing lives transformed and changed by the power of the Holy Spirit, if we're going to do that, then Jesus has to be at the center of it. It's all about him. And I believe that this passage here in the book of Acts is not necessarily some kind of magic formula that we just plug in these different pieces and boom, our church is going to grow. Or we plug in these different pieces and and boom, we're going to see lives transformed. But I think it is a good model for how to do church to even 2,000 years later. That if we can do these things, if we can depend upon God and depend upon His word and depend upon each other and depend upon prayer, if we will put Jesus at the center of that and we will be completely dependent upon him, we will see our church transformed. We will see our lives transformed. And we will see our community transformed. Because Jesus at the center of it. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. We don't want to grow for just for the sake of growing. We don't want to grow just for the sake of having uh, bigger attendance numbers or offering numbers. We don't want to grow just for the sake of... of, of looking good to our community. We, we want to grow for the glory of God so the more people will hear the good news. We have greater impact for God's kingdom. We have a greater impact in people's lives so that they will look more like Jesus in the way that they love others and in the way that they love God. That's what this whole thing is about. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. I've said it before. His name is on the sign. It's the first Christian church. Christ is in the name. It's his church. Let's lift him up. And so there's some ways that we can do this. And I think that these are important. That we need to be dependent upon God's word. And right now in our in our in churches uh, and in our nation and in our world, there's a battle over God's word. Is God's word, is the Bible God's word? Is it really the word of God? And will we honor it as the word of God? You can say, no, not God's word. Whatever we decide to do, whatever way we decide to go is fine. Or we can say, yes, it is God's word. It is authoritative and we will live by it and obey it. And when we fail, we trust his grace. Is the Bible the word of God? I believe that it is. And that is why as a church, we will preach and teach the word of God. That is why we do that. And so, if we're going to be dependent upon the Word of God, we need to study the Word of God. 27 minutes on a Sunday morning, once a week, is not enough. I'll be honest. And there's a little timer back there that tells me 27 minutes. That's how long I get. That's by design, but that's neither here nor there. And now, all of a sudden, I'm going to watch, I'm going to see every Sunday. Man, there's 27 minutes of (laughs) what's going on back there. They reset that clock. <laughs> it's not enough. need to get into a study. And I want to I uh, let you know about one that's starting next week. I'm leading a study through the book of Galatians starting next Monday night at 6.30. And for the eight weeks, we're going to study the book of Galatians. And I want you to join us. Monday nights at 6.30. I want you all to come. I know you're not all going to come, but I want you to come anyway commit yourself to say i'm not i'm a realist right i mean it'd be great if you all showed up and i and highly encourage you to but i know people are busy people got stuff going on but that's why this fall we're going to offer more than just one bible study a week we're going to have several opportunities to study god's word and we want you to be in god's word we want you to study the word of the lord we want you to study the word of god and in the newsletter this week by the way I, i wrote an article how many of you know that i write an article in the monthly newsletter Okay, you all should know that I write an article in the monthly newsletter, and I published. I, I uh, used a blog that I received in my email about a Bible reading and prayer plan. Uh, that is uh, that the guy, his name is Sam Rainer, says I guarantee you you will grow spiritually if you will just remember these three numbers: five, two, one. If you will read your Bible for five minutes a day, if you will pray for two minutes uninter- uninterrupted, and if you will attend church once a week, you will grow spiritually. He guarantees it. I don't know what it costs you. I don't know how he's going to return your five two one to you. But he guarantees you will grow spiritually, and I agree with him. If you will spend five minutes a day reading just one chapter of the Bible, start in the Book of John. Start this afternoon. Go home, read the first chapter of the Book of John. Five minutes of Bible reading a day. Pray for two minutes uninterrupted. Turn off the TV. You know the people watch three hours of TV a day. We don't even realize we're doing it. If I told you that you watch three hours of TV a day, you say, "No, I." Wait a minute, maybe I do. Can you take two minutes a day and just talk to God? Pray for your kids, pray for your grandkids, pray for your spouse, pray for your parents, uh, pray for your classmates, pray for your coworkers, pray for your preacher, pray for your preacher so that I have less weeks of self doubt, inadequacy, and insecurity. Take two minutes to pray uninterrupted and commit yourself to going to church once a week and you will grow spiritually. We need to be dependent upon God's Word, and so we need to study God's Word. We need to be dependent upon each other as well. And you know what? When you get into a study, it's a great way to know other people. It's a great way to fellowship with others. It's a great way to learn about their lives and to share your lives. Because when we have strong fellowship, we have a strong church. Because we are the church. And when we have a strong church, we make a better impact and a better difference for Jesus Christ. So I encourage you to get into a study, study God's word. Let's get to know each other and fellowship with each other so we have a strong family bond. And then we need to be dependent upon prayer. We need to pray as a church. And I want you to know the elders are working on some things when it comes to prayer for our church, and we're going to keep doing that because I am committed, I am dedicated to our church becoming a prayerful church. We have got to pray with each other and for each other. We have got to pray. And finally, we need to be, in all things, dependent upon God. Because without Him, we're sunk. Without Him, we're not even a church. Without Jesus, we're not even a Christian church. Without Jesus at the center of it all, we're just a club. And Jesus didn't die for a club. He died for His church. And so we're going to put him at the center of it. We're going to be dependent upon Jesus for everything. For his leadership, for his guidance, for his word, for his power, for the power of the Holy Spirit. We are going to put Jesus at the center of this thing. We're going to keep him there. And there's going to be all kinds of things that are going to fight to try and get in the center. There's going to be all kinds of things that are going to try to, to, to get in the middle of it. But we're going to keep Jesus at the center of it. So pray for your leaders. Pray for your elders. Pray for me. Pray for our deacons, our ministry leaders, our volunteers, our teachers. Pray for our church, that we would keep Jesus at the center of it. Because like I said, a lot of things are going to vie for that attention. A lot of things are going to try and get in that place. And I give you permission. We give you permission today to hold us accountable. I give you permission to hold me accountable. And ask those tough questions, Sean, how is your spiritual life? You would think, why would I need to ask you that? You're the preacher. You have a great spiritual life. Not true. Not always true. There are times when I feel like I'm on a mountaintop and I'm walking hand in hand with Jesus and he walks with me and he talks with me. He tells me I am his own. But then there are times where I feel really distant from God and I don't spend the time in his word like I should and I don't spend time in prayer like I should and I fall short and I fail. I need people to hold me accountable and say, dude, you need to get yourself together. You need to spend more time with Jesus and less time on Facebook. Facebook. You need to spend more time with Jesus and less time watching the White Sox. And right now, that won't be so hard to do. They're pretty terrible. I give you permission to hold me accountable. I give you permission to hold the elders accountable. I give you permission to hold the, the deacons accountable, the ministry leaders accountable. Hold them accountable for their own spiritual walk. And say, are you, as one of our leaders, are you following Jesus Christ or are you putting on an act? Because if our leaders won't put Jesus at the center of it, how can our church put Jesus at the center of it? We've got to do this. And so you have permission to hold us accountable. You have permission to ask questions. You have permission to uh, make this church the best that it can be by the power and the grace of God. And when we do that, when we put Jesus at the center of it, when we are dedicated and focused on putting him at the center of it, two things will happen that happened for the early church. We will enjoy the favor of all the people. The early church had a great reputation. You know why? Because they loved each other. And they cared for one another. And I'll tell you right now, not to get a big head about this, but our church has a great reputation in our community. As serving our community, as loving our community, as loving each other, we have a great reputation, but there's always more that we can do. If we will keep Jesus at the center of it, we will continue to enjoy the favor of all the people. And secondly, we will enjoy the favor of God. Just as God added to their number daily, those who are being saved, he will continue to bless and add to our number here at GFCC. But if Jesus isn't at the center of it, then we're, like I said, we're not even a church. We need to keep Jesus at the center. Jesus as the focus. We need to be fully dependent upon God. On this, our dependence day.